This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. Good afternoon. So... Where would you care to start? Maybe you want to touch on some of the items, uh, remarks that you just heard during Christine Ross's newscast. Of course, some of the uh, the items there that she teed up in terms of what was big this week uh, was big here on Fight Back. Uh, a lot of it, of course, having to do with your health. And that, if we break it down, health care, as far as the... Announcement by the Ford government to end up eventually giving some of the hip and knee replacement surgeries, cataracts, other things as uh, and I'm paraphrasing here when Doug Ford said it's really not the big items here that we're talking about. It's not like uh, open heart surgery bypass or whatever would be done at a private clinic that would stay within the public health care system. It's the other things. That we've been hearing about all week, that we've been talking about uh, for months now, and if not years, as far as health care. And is this a way to go? Do you hang a right and do something down the, the private uh, uh, clinic route? Or do you stay in your left lane and just everything's public health care and we get around to it when we get around to it? But, of course, if you're in a situation where you're awaiting a surgery, uh Let's face it, you want things done as soon as possible. As much as we try to take the overall picture into account, if you're suffering, you want your situation dealt with as quickly as possible. So what do you make of that? Possibly you're someone who could be looking at having to uh, maybe go to uh, Windsor, Kitchener, Waterloo, Ottawa, as far as cataract surgeries, although I would suspect this is how this plan of the governments is going to roll out in the centers where it's going to begin. Not to say that you would necessarily go there, but obviously you would go somewhere closest to where you're at. Kitchener, Waterloo would seem to make sense for most in the in the GTA if you've got uh, some cataract surgery that's planned or you want to have taken care of. Maybe that's where it's going to be uh, open to you to go. Is that something you're okay with? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Well, that has not taken all that long. Let's uh, go to Ron in Toronto, who is uh, one of the first ones here to give us a shout. Welcome, Ron. Hi, I'm calling you from Midtown Toronto near Eglinton Station, which is my train station on the east side, not to be mistaken for the west side over there. Uh, I'm talking about the east side is in near Young um, at the station. Uh, we have to we take our escalator to go downstairs to uh, avoid taking the stairs, which sometimes has uh, urine and feces on the floor because the security guards, both transit enforcers, as well as I guess we call it the TVO building, are uh, doing absolutely nothing. I've seen I've seen the security guards walk right by these guys at the bottom of the escalator at Eglinton Station. Um, the security guards, and they don't do anything. In fact, okay, Ron, uh, it's a point that you've made uh, recently. I recall you calling in, which we appreciate, and please still do. And you say the situation around the station where you live, closest to you, still an issue. I think uh, the first step, if you feel nothing is being done, would be to get in touch with your area counselor and see what could be done there. Let's go to John in Peterborough. Good afternoon, John. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? Good. Very good. Listen, I was listening to uh, Doug Ford. Yes. And if Doug Ford thinks we're all that stupid to believe that these things don't leak out, well, he'd be the first premier 
because it's happened for ages and ages and ages, right? You mean about the given, you mean about uh, Doug Ford insisting that no developer was given a heads up? Is that what you're? No, I wouldn't believe that for a minute. Not for one second. I worked in construction. They did government jobs, what have you. No, not for a minute, right? If the people knew how these workings went on, well, they wouldn't be worrying about a gas plant. There's lots and lots and lots. This has gone on for ages and ages. And one other thing. If Ford knew that this land was private land, if he knew, I doubt it, why didn't he bring it up earlier and say, this is private land, they can do whatever they like? That's the first time I've heard them say that. Yeah, I believe that's the first time I've heard that. You know, so listen, please, people, don't be listening to this guy. Please, do not listen to him. This guy, I mean, I have my own personal opinion. I knew people that knew him when he was younger. And I can tell you, if it wasn't his father, for his father, with his connections, who was a very smart man, Doug Ford wouldn't have the proverbial pot because he couldn't come in out of the rain by himself. Okay. Okay, John. Thank you for not finishing that sentence. I think uh, I think we knew. I think we know where you wanted to take that one. I can just see the dot dot dot. And thank you for not having us uh, have to uh, hit the censor button. I appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks so much. Let's go to Pat in Toronto. Good afternoon, Pat. First of all, congratulations for being on Friday again. We very much appreciate, and uh, you're doing a great job. I appreciate uh, it. Go ahead. My point, we've had all this issue this week about the uh, off, uh, outsourcing of cataracts, etc. I don't disagree that the private sector can do things more efficiently. However, the concern is transparency. So there's a very, very, very easy solution. And that would be to have audited financial statements for these entities. We have the sunshine list for all employees that make more than $100,000 from government money. So why can't we just add this on? And I'm sure if you suggest this to our premier, he will say absolutely not that this is a total waste, etc. And And while we're doing it, why don't we have the posting of the premier's tax returns so we can see what's going on? I mean, they do it in the U.S. We should be doing it here. It's quite simple. Okay, so in, in terms of why you feel, I think I know the answer, I'll ask anyway, why you feel that uh, he would be opposed to, not about his own personal financial situation, but, uh, you know, a la Donald Trump and, and all the exactly. uh, going on, goings on south of the border. But here, in terms of why you feel he would not be in favor of putting out, uh, you know, the a laundry list, if you will, pertaining to the private clinics uh, for, What's for any... a laundry list? It's, it's, it's audited financial statements, which means that an independent person uh, with serious ethics has looked at everything, and here's what's happening. I, I can add that I recently went to a new dermatologist, and the guy tried to upsell me on $1,500 worth of additional services, He's, he told me it would be definitely covered by my insurance. I phoned the insurance. They said they wouldn't pay for a cent of it. I then looked up the dear man's, the dermatologist's ratings, and wow, I won't be going back to this man. So uh, there's a lot of things that we need to have the eyes on it, and audited financial statements for these clinics is the answer. Um, and I, I do hope that government listens and does that. Well, maybe somebody in one of the opposition parties might uh, eventually get around to uh, to making that point. Getting back to your dermatologist, is this someone you just had started going to, and now you say based yes, on my, my guy? Uh, I went to a wonderful chap. He well, I went to a couple. Uh, one uh, recently retired. The other one I recently read of his death in his late eighties. A wonderful man. But this was a new guy that I went to. He might have spent two minutes with me. But most of it was why he wanted me to have this extra procedure uh, for it was going to be $1,500. And oh, for sure, it was covered by insurance. It wasn't covered by insurance. And he gave me a referral sort of letter, which said it was for your head and your face. My problem were simple skin cancers on my back. So, I mean, I, I mean, if you're not with it, you're going to get sucked in on these things. And uh, it's very, very, very sad. There should be a way to, to report these sort of things. 
Okay, appreciate it. As always, Pat in Toronto, have a nice afternoon and weekend, okay? Same to you, Bob. I appreciate it. Let's go to Barry in North York, who's been waiting, and uh, Al Collingwood, Ron Guelph, we'll get, a, we'll get around to you. Hang tight. Barry, good, good afternoon. afternoon. First of all, uh, Pat, I wanted to say, here's a suggestion. I think you should report that guy to the College of Physicians and Surgeons because it sounds like he's not being doing what he should be doing. Okay, well, um, may, if he's listening, maybe he'll take you up on that. Yes. Okay, and 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 your reason for calling in, which New we appreciate. Do you have one, <laughs> Bob? A New Year's resolution, yeah, yeah. J- to get through to twenty twenty four. I mean, I know, I know, it sounds like I'm being flippant and trite, but I mean, let's face it. These days, uh, you know, ever since uh, COVID, uh, I think up to that point, so much was taken for granted. Now, the way things, the way things are, you just a day at a time, right? As again, I know it sounds corny, etc., and that, but we all just try to do the best we can, and uh, you know, kick the can down the road a little bit further every day, and hope we can keep kicking it. It's true, and um, I learned something on the Tonic Show, and of course we know that's on eleven to twelve every Saturday night on your station. I mean, that's Saturday, Saturday morning. I, I don't miss it. It's a great show, health show. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the people had said there, expert said that if you have an accountability partner, then the chances of you following through your New Year's resolutions is so much better. What's uh, what's yours? You asked me. I told you what, and I know you, you might think that I've deflected it, but you asked me. Oh, I told no, you. What about okay. you? What about you? Well, I think that in spite of of everyone that has their New Year's resolutions, we should add this. And I'm doing this is my New Year's New Year's resolution to be a little more compassionate, considerate, cooperative, caring, compromising, understanding tolerant and i find that if you add understanding and tolerance they become acceptance you know what Um, when you asked me and obviously you've given it uh, some thought uh you didn't have trouble explaining what uh you your resolution for this year is if i were to give it a bit more thought and i was listening to you run down all those words and i know i said you know just get through every day make it through to the year etc uh but if you go Beneath the surface of my remarks, I think you'd probably find yours. And I'd agree with you. I think that's Uh and I don't know if you find that those words, those thoughts are coming to your mind and top of mind more so over the past couple of years versus before when we were just I think many of us just living and not really reflecting. And I think the past two, three years have given us a chance to reflect a lot more. And I think that's why uh, you and others come up with comments such as ones you have. I think that's, uh, I don't know, I could be wrong in terms of uh, how I feel you came about it. So you tell me. Absolutely, Bob. Absolutely. Because I've been self-isolating for the last two or three years, I don't even go to grocery store. I'm down to 10 pounds bad joke. Um, I have my, my groceries delivered. delivered. Um, I have been able to connect with people because I have the time now, connect with people that I wasn't able to connect with. I'm connecting with people I haven't I'm talked to for a while. I'm really connecting, not just, hi, how you doing? How's the weather? Um, and it's just amazing. This two and a half years for me has been a real um, growth for me. That's for sure. Okay. Barry North York, thank you for calling in. Have a nice well, thank weekend. Thank you for listening to me. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Yep, you as well. Thank you. Okay. All right. Let's go, let's go to Ron in Guelph. Good afternoon, Ron. Good afternoon, Bob. Um, first of all, I didn't get a chance the other day. I'd like to give a shout-out to Moses Neimer for recognizing Dave Arnley's abilities rather than his disabilities. I went to high school with Dave Arnley. Hmm. Is there so, is there something you'd care to also maybe share with us that uh, when you obviously heard of his uh, of his passing, uh, as we do with uh, someone that we know that uh, passes, uh, we well, start reflecting. That, see, Dave Arnley's, um, he they lived in the Bluffs down near Scarborough Bluffs, and R. H. King Collegiate and very few high schools in the area at that time. At elevators, Midland Avenue Collegiate near Midland and Danforth Road was one of the few schools that did. So he and other disabled students 
could get from class to class in an elevator. So he was ended up, even though he was, uh, he was a couple of years behind me, but he ended up as the student president, which was unprecedented for somebody who was, I think he was only probably 16 at the time because of his personality and everything else. So um, I just wanted to give a shout out that Moses, when everybody else wasn't, um, wouldn't give him a chance because of his, you know, disabled um, disability, it was Moses out of all of the people that recognized this guy's a genius. He's got a great personality and everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're a visionary, you're able to to see things that a lot of people don't until it's right in front of their nose. Whereas, I guess, let's face it, I don't. Moses does not need anyone to speak on his behalf, but obviously saw something as he as he did as he continues to do, but as he did in those years of of television when we saw a lot of different personalities where they didn't and wouldn't pop up anywhere else except on on his station. Yeah. And that's anyway, I just wanted to the subject I wanted to talk to I talked to the uh Aziz um is the public private partnership. And this isn't something that's really new. If you think about it, we've had this for quite some time, just not as obvious as what the conservatives want to do it now. We've had um private labs. We have life labs here, right? To do right, the blood right. analysis. Yep. Um, if, um, we've had the Shouldice Clinic, um, which is, I probably should have gone to the Shouldice Clinic for my hernia surgery because it didn't go as well as the, the doctor said, oh, it's just a routine surgery and it didn't end up as that. But, um, Shouldice pay for the, uh, you, uh, your OHIP covers the surgery, but they need you. They will tell you that we won't take you unless you're going to stay overnight, which of course costs money. Mm-hmm. Now, Windsor, if um, for all those naysayers, um, you must have read the news where in Windsor, the cataract surgery, it's a great partnership down there with the uh, hospitals and whatnot, uh, and the cataracts, um, private clinics for cataract surgery. Mm-hmm. So it's a success down there. It just, I agree with the um, some of the, them saying that, well, there needs to be some oversight, yeah. As one person says, uh, and I've been listening to the conversations. Yes, um, you have to make sure that uh, some of these places don't uh, really try to oversell um, some of their products to make more money than they really need. That uh, here's another good example. Um, you know that if you're listening to a baseball game or you're talking about it, and if some one of the players gets injured, um, how long does it take them to get an MRI? About an hour. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah. You and I can't get an MRI in an hour, can we? No. So so it's out there. The ability to do some of this stuff is out there. And I'm not a particularly big Doug Ford fan right now, but it's it's one thing that he has come up with that uh, looks like it uh, might work. Okay. All right. Very good. Appreciate that, Ron in Guelph. So it sounds like when you started out and talking about uh, going to high school, with the late David Onley, the former lieutenant uh, governor. Uh, so you're a Scarborough, Scarborough boy, are you? Oh, yeah. I, I, I grew up in Scarborough when it was safe. Yeah. Well, I you know what? I won't say any more than that because it's going to be somebody that's going to be upset about that. No, 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 no. I mean, I uh, I can also attest to the fact that I went uh, I went to West Hill Collegiate. Oh, oh, really? Oh, oh, oh I could. Okay, what does that mean? Someday oh, we should oh. have coffee because <laughs> I could tell you stories about West Hill. Oh, okay. Please. Yeah, I think we best uh, leave that one to uh, to off air. I think that might yeah. be the 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 route to go. We might uh, we might circle back eventually one day on that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it. I, uh, I, I I I went to. I was one of the very. I went to Cedar Break Collegiate. Okay. Back in year it opened. Oh, okay. And I can remember. Um, there was a hallway there at Cedarbury where the gyms were and some of the tech classes. And even at that time, uh, there was a group called the West Hill Gang. And the teachers wouldn't walk down that hallway by themselves. Oh, dear. Um, oh, yeah. I, uh, well, I was there for it. So I, uh, 
Okay. Um, well, I, I, all I can say is until yeah. now, I'd never heard of it, was never a member. So I know not of what you speak in terms of a West okay. Hill gang. So anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, I okay. any names of the West Hill gang. We'll just leave it at that. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. They know who they are. And all I know is I don't know them. I don't think anyway, yeah. or I didn't. Okay. Ron and Guelph, thanks for uh, going down memory lane there. I think we'll, uh, we'll move on at this point. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Uh, Al in Collingwood, Daryl in Toronto. Uh, we'll get to you. We're going to take a break right here. Bob Comsick sitting in for Libby's Nimer. You are listening to Zoomer Radio AM 740. And this is Fight Back on AM 740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. Welcome back. There's been uh, a lot of attention given to the plans by the province for the Green Belt, also private health clinics with some of the procedures and surgeries to be, I guess, sent that way or their way. Surprise, not too many have uh, touched on the new guidance when it comes to alcohol use. Just wondering if uh, some of those numbers were now being told. Uh put you in a risky category it's basically if you have two drinks tops that's the low end so can't have all that many used to be a couple what was it about 10 years ago they say you could have a couple a day now it's like a couple of week tops be careful a lot of people also calling for labeling cancer warning labels to go on on alcohol containers bottles and of course the industry which stands to lose uh, money. If some people decide not to purchase, uh, you can see where there might be a little bit of conflict of interest there in terms of position on this matter. What about uh, what about yourself? Uh, has this got you thinking about just how much you should have, have it, or have you already started uh, cutting back before you even heard about uh, the new guidance that was released earlier in the week. 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Uh, Daryl in Toronto, welcome. Hello. Good, how are you? I'm okay. Um, I got a couple of issues. Uh, the first thing is with the, uh, you know, private, for-profit clinics and things like that. And I think this path that brought it up about dermatology. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at these dermatology clinics, you see how this is all going to go down. Um, I, I go to one early. If you phone in and the messages, uh, if your doctor send in a referral, please do not call us for four weeks due to a recent upsurge in referrals. This message has been on there for over two years. And, uh, it, and once you actually get through with the referral, you're getting appointment four to six months away. Um, I called in the other day uh, to see about uh, seeing someone about Botox. And it was 4.14 in the afternoon, and they wanted to give me an appointment for the next day at 3.15. So, you know, my sense is they, they use OHIP to cover expenses and things like that so, so that they're for-profit. Uh, can can make all the money it can. And I don't see how that's going to work out really great in that sense. Uh, on the other angle, it seems to me like, you know, there's a crime going on here. You see a body lying little, you know, with bullets on the ground. You know there's a crime, even if you can't find out who did it. And uh, if Doug Ford doesn't know, he should. And he should be interested in investigating. He should be interested in who just bought land in the last couple of months with his plan on that and, and how that happened. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Okay. Appreciate that. Daryl in Toronto. Okay. Thanks so much. Have a good afternoon and weekend. Uh, we'll get to Lyndon Scarborough momentarily. Let's go to Al in Collingwood, who has been extremely patient. Thanks, Al, and good afternoon and welcome. Hi, Bob. Glad to get on. I'd like to change the direction a little bit if I could. Yep. Go ahead. I want to give you my explanation for 
the high level of lawlessness and criminality that we have in society today, okay? Okay. I think it boils down to something very simple, and that is lack of discipline. And if I could give you an example to prove my point, I'd like to be able to do that. Okay? Go ahead. Um, I grew up in Toronto, Parkdale. Okay, this is decades ago because I'm now over 80. And I went to Queen Victoria Public School, at which time they used to let us go home for lunch every day. And one particular uh, day going back to school, I came across an accident on King Street. A police officer on a motorcycle had been knocked off his motorbike, and he was splayed out on the, uh, the roadway. I'd never seen anything like this before. So obviously I forgot all about time. And when I finally got my senses together and headed up to Queen Victoria, at that time, if you were late, you stood out like a sore thumb. And uh, I was sent to the office to speak to the principal. Uh, and when I got there, he gave me the strap. Mm. He said, and I remember this to this day, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. But I got the strap probably on both hands. And you know something? Ever since that event, I've been pretty punctual in my life. In fact, my philosophy is don't be on time, always be early. So that incident of uh, use of discipline had an effect that was for me very positive. And I think that throughout society today, because we have given up on that um, punishment for crimes, uh, we've got what we've got, and that is lawlessness. One of your previous callers talked about kids going down the hall and, and actually frightening teachers. Well, we've gone from me getting the strap for being late to kids who now control the hallways in our schools. Yeah, some do. There's no doubt about it. And I, I know you're not really going on and giving that example to say, let's bring back the strap, because we all know that we'll never go back that that way. And I'm not saying that uh, I'd be calling for that. But I do recall also going to school at the time when you knew in the back of your mind that it was there possibly to be used if you didn't, uh, you know, keep your head down and do what you're supposed to do. When I ask uh, young people today what they know about this trap, they have no clue what I'm even talking about. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we have, in, in effect, lost it. Whether we ever get it back, I have no idea. But I know that uh, loosening things up to the degree that we have has created a society where a young police officer is shot to death, for example, just recently. Right. Uh, we're letting people away with far too much. And those people who are talking about uh, bail reform in Ottawa now hopefully get the ear of the prime minister to make some changes because things are too lax. Well, how many times have you heard officers say how frustrated they feel that they think the the justice system is uh, basically a department store revolving door? Well, we've created that. We've allowed that to happen. And unfortunately, it's very difficult to turn the page and go back in time. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, you're right. It is. It is. It's like, you know, Pandora's box, right? It is. <laughs> yeah. Not no end to it. No, no. Anyway. Unless we have a total breakdown in society and have to start from scratch, uh, it'll never change. Well, let's hope we don't, uh, you know. Let's hope anyway, that we thanks don't... for listening to me. No, I no problem. Get that off my chest. Alan Collingwood, you're most welcome. You have a good afternoon and weekend, okay? Same for you. All right, appreciate it. Linda in Scarborough, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Go ahead, Hi, Linda. Me? Linda? Yep. Go ahead, Linda. Uh, thanks, Bob. Yep. Yeah, I'm just, I was a former OR nurse and OR manager, and um, I just saw how much consultation Doug Ford has had with hospitals and orthopedic surgeons to make a decision. I agree totally. Cataract surgery and colonoscopies have been done for years in private clinics, not, not for profit, but regular clinics, even 14, 15 years ago. 
So that's nothing new. I guess the um, increase in population needing that surgery has probably increased for sure. Mm-hmm. But in the, an OR setting, in, especially for orthopedics, you need a specialized uh, positive pressure room, which actually means no contamination comes in, all the air is blown out, not like a regular room. So there's special qualifications that they have to meet before they can actually do those in a, in a clinic. Um, I have major concerns because most of these people are older. Some are very... Uh, good and responsible. Some have underlying conditions. A neighbor of ours had a total knee done last week. Two days later, she was back in hospital. sent her home the same day, and she had an underlying condition before. What is the process they're going to have if you have someone in a clinic who has a total hip or knee and then has some type of condition that happens after they need urgent care? Are they going to go back to eMERGE? Are they going to wait in line and eMERGE? I just think the whole process for that needs to be looked at more clearly for the patient's benefit, not for the doctor's benefit, not for the price of money, but for the actual patient care and what they're going to do. Yeah, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, so I'm not saying Doug Ford said this. Maybe it's the words he used, which I can't give you the, the quote or even half, you know, portion of the quote. But when this came up in terms of making the announcement earlier in the week, he basically said, you know, for the major surgeries, procedures, they stay put. But for things like knee and hip replacements, he gave the impression that by going this route, it wasn't as big a deal. Again, those are my words, not his. Mm-hmm. And you're highlighting the fact that someone who's been on the inside speaking literally from the the inside, you know that it's and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but basically it sounds like you're saying, let's be careful here. I think, yeah, I think that they can do it later on. I mean, I had a total hip done. My husband's had two done. Um, I had one done two years ago at the Hollander Clinic downtown at the Sunnybrook uh, Extension. And it was wonderful. I went at 6 o'clock in the morning. I had my surgery, and by the time I had my surgery, the person who was in the bed I was going to had gone. I stayed overnight and was gone by 10 o'clock the next morning. But at least there's someone there monitoring if, you know, bodily functions are working, if your blood pressure is okay, if you have no bleeding. You know, it, those things are very important post-op. And um, that's the concern I have is that you're going to get a lot. What's your readmission rate going to be? And are these poor people going to be waiting any merge? to get back to a bed. So I don't know. I just, I think it takes a lot further than cataract surgery is pretty minimal. My husband had one just in the spring, no problem. He was in and out in no time. He actually only had to wait for about four weeks. And it wasn't a private clinic. It was just a regular uh, cataract surgery clinic in Scarborough. Um, and I agree, colonoscopies have been done for a long time in an okay patient basis because you don't need a bed post-op. I think it's the post-op bed situation is part of the issue. But you also have staffing issues. What, what are you going to do with these people? I just It just is an in-depth look, and I hope he definitely gets in touch and has consultation with all the orthopedic. I mean, you know yourself, but in every walk of life, there's going to be great people, mediocre people, and poor people, and every, every available position that you have. So mm-hmm. the great surgeons are going to say, I think we need to look at this better, keep the patients in hospital one night. The other ones are going to say, oh, yeah, just bring them in, bring them in and do them. So that would be my concern, too. I've seen it. I've lived with it. So that's all I'm asking. I'm asking Doug Ford and his government to look more closely at the more um, invasive, I guess. Total knees and hips sounds easy, but they can be quite touchy. They can be quite touchy. I'm sure there will, again, I'm not speaking on behalf of the government, nor do I have uh, inside information, but I believe there's been some indication. I know in one of the guests from uh, Windsor Hospital who was on with Libby the other day when they were talking about this, with regards to cataract surgeries, as you pointed out, it's a little different from uh, hip and knee, basically saying that there's a relationship, uh, if you will, between some of these private clinics and the hospital hospital uh, that he's the CEO of. So I would suspect something along the same lines would take place in terms of nip and uh, hip and knee, <laughs> nip and yeah. knee, uh, hip and yeah. knee replacements, depending on where the person is going. And I'm sure there must be some line of communication with, uh, even though it's a private clinic with uh, a hospital or hospitals in the area, I'm sure that they're not like out there. Uh, on their own 
as it well, were. I don't, I don't think it's like a wild, wild west, I guess, is another way of putting it. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I know they did a, a total knee as a daycare oh, a couple of years ago downtown at one of the hospitals, and apparently the per- person was readmitted a couple of days later. And for the neighbor of mine, she already had the underlying condition. She should never, have, I don't think, have been done as a day patient. She should have at least been uh, observed overnight. So I just, you don't want people to become sheep, and everybody's just going to have their hip and knee done. They're going to be fine. They're not. I, I've seen it myself. Um, you get 80 and 90 year olds who are having total hips and knees and are out of bed after two hours and taught their exercise due and sent home. I don't think you'd want your mother or grandmother doing that, Bob. I certainly wouldn't want mine. Um, that's, that's just my concern. My concern is that they're just going to charge ahead and then look back and say, I wish we'd done it differently. Especially maybe if things were totally in the hospital where the emergence weren't backed up. But right now, if you have a problem, how long are you waiting and emerge? to be seen by your orthopedic surgeon. And, and Doug Ford said, oh, well, you know, these doctors have spare time they want to use. Doctors have OR time, they have clinics, they have office hours, and they also have trauma, which they do on call. So I don't know where the spare time is coming from that Doug Ford says they're having. And if the doctors are saying that, um, I find it very strange. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, just, that's just my feel for the day, Bob. <laughs> okay. All right. Not a, not a problem. Not a problem. It was your turn, uh, Linda and Scarborough, to uh, hop up on the soapbox. So uh, yeah. thank you for thank you for <laughs> well, doing that. Thank you for listening. Yeah, no problem. Let you go. Have a nice weekend. And just before we take a break, uh, we've got Joy in Markham. You want to comment on Alan Collingwood, who was talking about the lawlessness and about how back in the day, he was given the strap, and that seemed to keep him on the straight and narrow. Did you want to touch on that? You had some, uh, of some course. thoughts? Thanks for taking this yeah. call. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I can relate to that story. Um, I had the strapping, too. wasn't in my hands, but on my back, uh, because I was late for class. And not only that, uh, the teacher also insulted me as a youngster, that I am uh, a non-compliment. Those are heavy words. Now when I look back, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at the brutality of, oh. um, you know, sorry, uh, to, sorry to hear that. kind of behavior. And, um, you know, I bypassed it. And, of course, I'm never, ever late for an appointment or work or regardless. So I can relate to that gentleman and also to the caller who had this medical um, experience. Or the dermatologist? Yeah. Uh Um, Yes, and he doesn't know where to to turn to get some kind of advice or Mm -hmm. whatever. I also went through that with my um, cardiologist. He was um, giving me nothing but substandard, substandard care. And uh, he was very rude to me, so I took the route to the the College of Physicians. And Surgeons. Yes. And you know what, Bob? They set up uh, a huge meeting, and I won the case. Mm -hmm. And now this doctor went back and disputed, and they also tried the case over. And I won the second time. So uh, the College of Surve- uh, Surgeon and Physician, they informed me that um, it was not the first complaint they had of this doctor. He yelled at some pharmacist, physician, or whoever. And um, I'm not sure if he's still practicing because three strikes and you're out. Okay. You know, so... Um, Yes, these are these are things that are escalating. It's still happening, and and most people does not know where to turn, you know, until they hear the story that's similar to theirs and the outcome. Okay. So thanks for taking this call, Bob. And I appreciate it very much. You're and welcome. And you know what? Just by sharing, maybe like you say, there might be somebody else out there wondering if. They might know of the College of Physicians and Surgeons, but might really question whether there's any point. They might feel that it could be a waste of time doing so. And you've just proven the point that uh, if you do pursue it, who knows? Maybe things if they will have work their out. Evidence, in, yep. Their dates and yep. all the, you know, yep. Keep, everything lined up. Yep. You're uh, not going to lose. Okay. Bob, I might not um, have a college degree, but I know how to win a debate. You know what? There's two 
there's two types of uh, road scholars, as we say, R-H-O-D-E-S, and then yeah. there's R-O-A-D-S, Rhodes Scholar. And uh, yeah. there's there's nothing wrong if you're uh, if you're the latter and not the former. So thanks so much, uh, uh, Joy, for yeah. and Markham for uh, sharing. Appreciate that. Oh, thanks. Thank you so okay. much, Bob. All Have right. a nice day. Yep. Bye. You as well. Bob Comsick in for Libby's Nimer. Zoomer Radio's uh, Fight Back, Free For All, Friday on AM 740, 96.7 FM downtown. We've got Murray and Malton, Mattis, I believe, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Brian Mimico. We are going to get to you, but first, this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a Free For All Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me! Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. And welcome back, and uh, things are starting to back up here on the... Fight Back Freeway. We've got uh, quite a few callers, not enough time. Let's quickly go to Mattis, Niagara on the Lake. Uh, Niagara on the Lake, thank you so much for your patience. You've been waiting quite some time. Uh, okay, all right, you've paid your quarter, 50 cents, whatever. It's your call. Go ahead. Okay, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my, my, my question is about, or worry comment is about uh, affordable housing. Apparently, there are hundreds if not thousands of hectares of land already designated for residential use outside of the green belt. And I, I have not heard anybody, politician or uh, developer, say what is affordable housing. Anything that the developers, if they're allowed to build on, in the green belt, those those houses, I'm sure, will be affordable for Doug Ford's friends, people earning six figures or more. But they won't be affordable for people earning just above minimum wage, uh, under a hundred thousand a year. So nobody, as far as I know, nobody has said what is meant by affordable housing. What kind of affordable housing will they build in these greenbelt areas that they shouldn't do? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's my comment. And I'm sure you would also get uh, any MPP from either the Green, Liberal, uh, New Democrat parties that would agree with you saying, you know, spit it out, spell it out. Uh, exactly what's going to be going on uh, these thousands of uh, acres of you know, land up until now protected now won't be. And then they're saying they're going to, with a 7,400 that's going to be released, 9,400 elsewhere are going to be added. So again, that's, uh, that, let's see where things go. I can't provide an answer, I guess is the simplest no, way. And uh, let, let us, let us know beforehand. Yeah. I hear not, what you're saying. Not, not by a pig and a poke. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay, Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Mattis, I appreciate it, and uh, sorry for having to to wait so long. Let's go to Murray in Malton. Welcome. You're on Fight Back. Hi, Bob. Uh, It was brought up that uh, they're going to reform the the bail thing and everything, but they really can't because a lot of these people are out on the street because they don't have enough space in the jails for all these people that are there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Right? So to, to... all of a sudden say, okay, we're going to keep all these people in jail until they have a, a court date. They can't do it. There's not enough space. The math doesn't add up. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's like even on the weekends, they have these people doing uh, t- weekend time because of drunk driving or whatever. Half the time they're sleeping on the floor. So they're going to have to build more jails in order to uh, reform anything along the criminal justice line. Okay, well, yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, uh, an easy solution. It's something that, as you know, as 
others know, listening to you and to myself, this is something that's been talked about for quite some time. And who knows if uh, just how much reform uh, there will be, but there's there's talk that something needs to be done. Uh, and as you say, that would take more jails. That takes time. That takes a heck of a lot of money. And six uh, years to build a jail. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and where are you going to put it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The and then you, you, know, then, you then you get you the know. NIMBY syndrome. Not in my backyard. Nobody wants to have that near their yeah, yeah. place because, of course, that's going to devalue possibly their their property, etc. Yeah. So, well, they still have more swampland out there in Lindsay. They can build another jail out on the swampland, like they did the Lindsay jail that they have now. Okay. Appreciate it. Okay. Mur- Thanks, Mur- Bob. Mur- thank you. Yep. You as well. Let's go to Brian and Mimico. Welcome, Brian. Hi. Uh, you know, as somebody who's gotten the strap on two continents, I've been around a long time, and I've seen a lot of changes. And you think, well, when they make changes, it should be for the better. Things should be for the better. And it seems a lot of things these days, the changes they've made are not making things better. They're making things worse, such as political correctness, this obsession we have with it. All that does is stop you talking about problems. We don't want to discuss that. That's not politically correct. What's happened with the education system? When I went to school, the principal was usually a man. The vice principal was always a man. Why? Because he was the disciplinarian. Oh, we can't have discipline in schools. Nobody must fail. And uh, we can't have all these rough uh, things going on in the playground, stuff like that. And it's, you know, it's basically the feminization of the education system that, you know, everybody is soft. We don't want to do this, no discipline, no nothing else. And it's, it's, it's not a, an improvement. It's making things worse. And everything we turn around do, it seems to make things worse. We got an actor playing the role of prime minister who can't wait to get up and apologize for something. That happened a very long time ago when that could be covered quite simply by that was then, this is now. That's just the way things were back then. You can't change it. That's the way it was. Somebody you might think was a very bad person now, back then, everybody had the same opinion. You know, so this Political correctness and all the rest of that, it's a big mistake, and it's making things worse and worse and worse as time goes by. We have to, you know, swing that pendulum the other way because it's swung too far to the left. And some might say as long as it, uh, if they're of the same opinion, uh, they may say as long as it doesn't swing too much uh back the other way like like we always say despite or, or regardless of what uh, is being discussed when you know people say so what's really going on we we know generally speaking and that is the truth is always somewhere in the middle it's not that side or on that side it's usually somewhere in the middle brian and yeah and Mimico, the pendulum always swings too far one way we need it just a little swing in the middle okay brian and Mimico, let's see what happens with that pendulum let's go to uh laser in uh north york welcome uh oh bob uh, brian right what's your name no, that no, it's Bob. Yeah, that Bob. was that was that was Brian. Okay. That I believe that we were just speaking to there. Go ahead. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. A little... That's okay. Um, I have probably heard of your name somewhere. I don't remember where, but um, I like to say, 37 years ago, I spoke to Moses, and uh, he sent Lori Brown uh, with a crew to various hideaway when I was in a different occupation. Okay. Um, just I don't know what he's gonna do now. But as far as um, as far as vision versus strap, I wanted to kind of focus on that. Um, what I like to say, there is a saying: without vision, people perish. Uh-huh. Uh, there is such thing that when people are now having vision or blind, bumping into each other, producing all kinds of frictions, that explains why we have such uh, maybe uh, overheated um, interactions in this world, whether interpersonal or international. There is, uh, as far as I understand, lack of vision. 
and visionary leadership and the lack of understanding why things are the way they are. For example, why we are who we are? This is an interesting question. Like, do we understand, do we see why and what? For example, why you are who you are? Why uh, you are not some uh, bacteria in some sea somewhere or some tree in some other country or some alien in a different galaxy? These are good uh, questions. Why we are who we are? Why some are born into privilege? Why are some are born some poor people, some uh, country? Okay. All this. Uh, what I'd like to suggest is this. Real quick, Pardon? Laser. Pardon? Uh, real quick, we're yeah. up against I'd it. I'd like to say uh, there's a concept of uh, the only one or the current one. Do we live in the current moment or in the only one? Do we live in the current life or the only one? Do we live in the current day or generation or the only one? Okay, Some All right. people don't believe it, but uh, once we realize that there are past, there are futures, and uh, once if we could see that, we could be make be uh, making better decisions. L- and have hope and uh, possibly end up okay. in a better state. Okay, we're starting to go in circles a little bit there. Uh, you've made your point and a little repetitive. Finally, Diane in Scarborough, uh, welcome, and uh, you're really up against it here. We've got about a minute or so, so go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my call, Bob. Uh, good to hear you. Um, my comment is if people are going to make a decision to either speed on the roads, rob a bank, carry a, um, an illegal gun, they've made a decision. So there is a consequence for that. And I believe that it's almost a bottom line, build more jails. These people, you know, there's a consequence. You either pay the fine or you pay the price of going to jail because you've made a decision to do something that has consequences. Well, age-old problem that we've... uh been talking about at, at certain points during the show here, and if it's an age-old problem, we know we're not going to solve it before uh, Christine Ross does the news at 1 o'clock, and I'm sure this is something that will be debated uh, for quite some time. want to appreciate it. Thanks, Diane and Scarborough. Thanks, all of you, for calling in. Bob Comsick in for Libby Snymer. You're listening to Zuma Radio's Fight Back, Free for All Friday. We've got the number ones at 1 coming up right after the news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.